My God, my God. My God, my God. What a blessing it is that God in Christ has afforded us this day to come to this holy place and to share in this time of praise and worship. Oh, how precious is the name of Jesus. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. To my friend, my little brother, my big little brother. My, my big little brother. Dr. Cofield and to the officers and members of the church, to the clergy uh, who are here and, and to Lady Tory. Happy birthday, y'all. Happy birthday, happy birthday. And I hope and pray that those gifts are full of joy, full of joy, that folk gave you a good gift, a good gift, a good gift, a good, a good, a good gift. That's, that's what I'm hoping for, that, that, that you got good gifts. Good gifts. You know, we celebrate today, and, and um, uh, um, we celebrate today this man of God, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see you celebrate him because the Bible says that a prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own people. And a lot of times, um, celebration of such a stalwart preacher pastor as Dr. Cofield is celebrated everywhere around this nation and even in other countries. And then you don't ever want to come back home and feel appreciated everywhere else and not appreciated at home. And so I'm glad to see y'all celebrating him in this way today and we celebrate him and i don't think you know how powerful lady tory is she's a powerful woman and, and you see her here in the congregation but many times you don't know the contribution she's making especially in molding young people underprivileged young people and molding them and being an instrument uh, in their uh, growth and development. As we celebrate pastor and wife, I, I celebrate my wife. Stand one more time, baby. Stand one more time. You know, stand one more time. Stand one more time. And um, praise the Lord. Uh, they, they would ask us, uh, pastor, you know, why we want these young, good-looking wives. And, uh, and, and when you get my age, you want to walk home and find some inspiration. <laughs> and know that you got somebody to take care of you when. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm happy with Jesus alone. Okay, okay, okay. okay. 
I'm, I'm glad to be here today. Uh, my wife said to me, um, as I've been preaching so much in retirement, she said, I need to redefine retirement. Uh, preached this morning at the eight and then again here. But uh, when Doc called me, uh, I could not refuse him because of what I believe about what God is doing through him and because of my love for him and my respect for him. I love you, man. And I respect you for the great work that God in Christ is doing in you. I'm almost through. I'm almost through, I tell you, I'm almost through. I'm almost through, I'm almost through. Yeah. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And I just want to talk just a few minutes from about a savior is born. Amen. A savior is born. All right now. When Adam and Eve transgressed the holy law of God in the Garden of Eden, through their disobedience to the divine ordinance of God, they brought about a breach in the relationship that God had with humankind. In their attempt to be more than what God had made them, through their ignorance and their disobedience, they reached up trying to be more and lost their balance and failed and became less than what God had created them to be. And when they sinned in the garden, they created a need for a redeemer. But God in his omniscience was not caught of God by the sins and the failure of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. 
Because in the apocalyptic writings of John, he said that God had already prepared for us a redeemer ever before man sinned in the garden. The Bible said that was under the altar a lamb that had already been slaughtered in the book of Revelations. And it talks about God breaking him from under the altar to be the propitiations for our sins. Adam created a need for a redeemer that God had already prepared ever before Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. And God makes the pronouncement as he comes walking in the garden, he said, I will put enmity between the seed of the woman and your seed. You will bruise his heel, but he will bruise your head. And the great drama of redemption began to unfold itself. And the prophet started prophesying that Jesus was coming. Isaiah said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and she shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. And then in the ninth chapter, he said, Unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And we will call him Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. All right. And then Malachi comes. And he says, a messenger shall go before him. And he will stand upon his throne. And then the book goes silent. For over 400 years, there is no word from God. And it seems as though God has reneged on his promise. But in the fullness of time, the Bible says that the angels began to ascend and descend. And they began to sing a song. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace. Goodwill toward men. For over in the city of David. There's a baby born. Which is Christ the Lord. When we read the account. That Matthew shares with us. We come to understand the sovereignty of God. For God in his sovereign will determined to choose Mary to be the bearer of the Christ child. Mary, who is she? Do you know her? Ain't much said about her in the Bible. Insignificant. Mary. A little maiden girl, Mary, 
Not who's who in Bethlehem. Not on the social registry in Jerusalem. Does not live in a palace. Does not come from a royal family. Mary. Insignificant young lady. God chooses to use her to bring forth the Christ child. And that ought to be good news to all of us today. Is that God chooses to use whomever he desires. And it does not matter what anybody else thinks about you. God can use you to his glory and to his honor. You might not have come from royalty. As a matter of fact, you might have come like I did to the projects. You might have come from a poor family. You might have come from a family unknown. But the good news today in Advent is that God can use you wherever you come from, whatever you've been. God can use you. Somebody ought to be shouting. God can use you no matter where you come from, of low estate, of no posture in life, God can use you. He takes Mary and he uses her to bring Jesus Christ. The insignificant becomes the significant. The mundane brings forth a miracle. The ordinary brings forth that which is spectacular. God can use you. If you open your life and your heart to him, God can use you. And you ought to just hug yourself today and say, I don't care what you think about me. I am in the will of God. And because I'm in the will of God, God is using me to his glory and to his honor. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Thank God for that. Because he found me in the projects of Alexandria, Louisiana, in a two-bedroom house with mother and daddy and six children, living off government cheese and powdered milk. And in spite of what folks said about what I would not be, and what my sisters and brothers would not be. Here I stand today in the Good Hope Church because God, excuse me, decides to use whomever. Whomever. He wants to use. I know. I, I can't say that, y'all. I got to go back. 
But I don't want you to miss the prerogatives of God. Amen. And his prerogatives are not subject to human opinion. He, he sees in us what others don't see. And he knows our potentials. And he knows our possibilities. I want to encourage some young person today. I want to encourage you today, young people. Don't you let anybody despise you because you might not have come from the stock that they came from. God has his eye on you. And God can use you despite I challenge you to go find some stuff on Mary. And despite the fact you couldn't find anything on her, God saw in her possibilities and potential. Let me hurry on. Let me hurry on now. That, that, that's, that's personal to me. And it ought to be personal to many of you, especially in this day and age in which we live as, as black folk. God overlooks some stuff to get us to where he wants us to be. He, he took a little, a little insignificant boy like DZ and raised him up so that he stands here in this place and give you godly counsel and guidance. And how many lives are so much, so, so blessed because what God has done through this little insignificant boy and raise him up to be a prophet. God uses whomever he wants you. I, I got to say a couple of things and I'm through, y'all. I'm, I'm through. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've held you too long already. I've held you too long. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now, now, when we hear the pronouncement of the angel, we come to understand that God, who stood in creation and created Adam and Eve and brought them to the place of providence, and they rejected what God offered them, and brought about a breach in relationship. When we come to this story, 
We see God in recreation all over again. For once again, he's making a new Adam. He's making a new people. And he's bringing us once again back into relationship with him through Jesus Christ. But he got to do some stuff to get us ready to be in relationship with him again. Because in the state we are in, because of Adam and Eve, we are not positioned and postured in a way to be in relationship with God. Because sin has brought about a separation between God and man. And God has to do something with sin in order to make us eligible to be in relationship with him again. And what did God do? God got in Jesus to save us from our sins. And the first thing he saved us from is the penalty of sin. Because sin has to be punished. Sin has to be dealt with. The judgment of God says that he must punish sin. So the question becomes, how does God punish sin and save us? Here it is. He brings Jesus. And Jesus stands as a perpetuation for our sins. And when Jesus goes to Calvary, he reaches up one hand and catches God. And he reaches down the other hand and catches us. And the blood of Jesus flows onto us so that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us in our sin, but he sees us covered. Somebody ought to be shouting right there. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. And because I'm covered, I'm saved from sin. Not now, 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 now. I, I, I like, Pastor, this, this, this might get me in trouble, but, but I, I, like, I like secular music, too. I like Oh How Precious, but I listen to some other stuff, too. And, 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 and what are the old singers? I didn't have service, so let me do this. One of the old singers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Natalie Cole on, she's gone now. But on her album, Inseparable, there's a song that she sings. And she sings this song and she says, I can't say no. If he asked me. Jesus 
died on the cross. And all I'm trying to tell you is he can't say no if you ask him. I don't care how you sin. I don't care how you've fallen. I don't care what sins you've committed. If you ask him, he can't say no. Jesus, hey, Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. But somebody ought to say he washed. Can you say it? He washed. If you ask him, somebody here might not know him. Oh, 